beautiful. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're going to focus on the family side of divorce. We're talking about dissolving the family enterprise or the five isms of divorce and finance. And we're talking to Glenn Crawford, who is a certified divorce financial analyst. How are you, Glenn? Oh, uh, Rich, well, today I'm growing, I'm grateful, and I'm good looking. I'm going with that no matter what anybody says. <laughs> I love it. Growing, grateful, and good looking. Yeah, I, I could use some of that. And so <laughs> how how's the weather over there? You're You're on the West Coast. Yes, I'm in the city of Angels, and uh, it's been raining uh, for several days out here. Although today the sun Thank has God. come out. Yes, so rain is rain is good in LA. Absolutely, it is. We need the water badly, but today the sun is shining beautifully. Today it's kind of cloudy over uh, here in New York on the East Coast, so we're having the whole United States experience. The question I ask everybody on the front end of this show is, Glenn, how did your heart lead you to do the work that you do as a certified divorce financial analyst? Uh, that's a good question. That's easy for me to answer. Uh, I am actually in the financial wellness business. So uh, some people call me a financial advisor or wealth asset manager or insurance broker. I am all those things. But uh, my business changed a few years ago when I uh, decided to be my authentic self. And what that is, is I'm a coach. I played sports my, my whole life, played college level sports, coached uh, hundreds of youth teams, had 70 direct reports in a big business that I had before I got into the wellness industry. And so many people say they know the answers and the people don't know who to believe. So I decided to approach it like a coach, which meant that I had one intention that's to help people to a better outcome. I'm not selling anything, but if people wanna talk about the biggest game plan of their lives uh, openly and look for an area of opportunity to take advantage of or area of deficiency that needs to be addressed, um, you know, we can have a conversation. I also developed the superpower of being able to talk about financial instruments and concepts without using a bunch of jargon, I'll use a sports analogy or a life experience analogy. And that really changed everything. I went through divorce, uh, Rich, after 24 years of marriage. No one gets married thinking they're going to get divorced. I found myself in that circumstance. And um, although I don't promote divorce, uh, I do say that it takes courage to change your life when your life isn't right. Uh, if you know something's not going to work, your job, your spouse, your belief in something that you're doing, uh, if you know it's not going to work, it may be painful to change, but you'll be better off for it. So when I went through the process, I didn't even know such a thing as a CDFA, a Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, even existed. Uh -huh. I went through the process like a lot of folks with an attorney. I believe the divorce market is largely broken. It's combative, it's confusing, and it's costly. And attorneys can advise people on their legal entitlement and when it comes to marital asset division, but they don't, first, they're not trained to value all assets properly. All assets aren't worth simply the number that's on a sheet of paper. They're also not trained to take into account the taxes, the risk, the ability to generate income and the ability for liquidity. So they can't advise people on the impact on their lives if they divide assets in a given way. Mm -hmm. So I turned lemons into lemonade by becoming a CDFA. I think there's only five, 6,000 of us in the country. And uh, we make a market difference in the experience of people uh, 
going through divorce, saving money on legal fees, understanding how, why, and the impact of dividing assets, and moreover, understanding, you know, how they make sense of it in their new normal. Love it. I love it. And you said a lot there. Uh, one thing I really keyed on was that you help people to understand finance in, in the game of their life, you know? And I, I think that um, we all, what I loved about that is number one, I think that as human beings, we often lose sight of the fact that our existence within a monetary system, in fact, is is made up. It's a game. Right? And what I mean by that is, you know, money has no actual value. It doesn't, there's nothing backing it up except, you know, what we believe the value of the government is or the value of the whatever the whatever the currency is. What's really interesting about cryptocurrency is it has absolutely nothing backing it up except what people think it's worth. Uh, not even a government, you know, except that the integrity of the currency that people don't think it's going the value is going to change by introducing more. But even that seems to be a, a false premise. But the point being that we're playing this game and it also influences whether we're going to eat. This game influences our survival, but it doesn't just influence our survival. It influences what schools our kids are going to go to. And when people get divorced, they forget about how important the money is. They get so emotional, which is why guys like me have work, uh, that they they lose focus on the money and what's, what's really important. They, suddenly they start spending money to win in the game of divorce and they start losing in the game of life. And I'd love to know what your experience is with that. Uh, what, what are the, you know, when you're dissolving the family enterprise or the family business, you said to me earlier before we started the call, there are five isms that are involved in that. I'd love to know what are some of the isms that get in the way of people seeing big picture in the game of life? Uh, what I really want is to be funding my kid's college, not my lawyer's kid's college, for example. Well, you hit the key right there. I mean, many people are making a huge mistake by uh, racking up large attorney fees, uh, paying them for things that they weren't trained to do. And many of them will be the first to tell you that they were not. Um, and uh, you also hit on something else very, very important. I believe that there's really four pillars of divorce that need to be addressed, the financial piece, the legal piece, the emotional piece, and if you own a home, particularly in California, the the, the real estate piece. Uh -huh. And none of them can be ignored. I had the privilege of working with a, a actually licensed marriage and family therapist when I went through my divorce, and it was immeasurably good for me. The more settled you are, the more calm you're able to communicate, you know, uh, yourself as you go through this process. The more educated you are. Uh, the, the better you take care of yourself, because it's like going through a war. So my best advice to anybody out here, the finances, the legal or any of it is to take care of yourself and work with someone like you, Rich, because it is absolutely paramount. I'm as tough as they come. But even though it was, uh, you know, five years before I made up my mind to do something about it and, and, and mustered up that courage, it hurt like a son of a gun. So here are my five isms. I'm a son of an army colonel. My dad said, son, there's very few universal truths, but there's a lot of general truths. So here are five generalisms that I came up that people I believe should know about when they go through divorce. Some may seem as plain as the nose on your face, but people still need to hear them. Number one, 
And by the way, any question that comes up during the course or process of divorce will fall into one of these five areas. I haven't found one who doesn't yet. Uh-huh. Number one, you are a partner in the marital enterprise, the marital corporation. You are, are, are entitled to half of what you acquired during the course of your marriage. You're responsible for half of what you incurred during the course of your marriage. You're an absolute general participating partner in the family enterprise. And all you're doing is negotiating a deal, a settlement, just as if you had a business. If I had a business and I was dissolving the business with my partners, I'd want to know how much is in accounts receivable, how much is in accounts payable, how much work process, how much is in inventory. What is our intellectual property? What's our building worth? I'd want to know all those things before I made a deal. And you're simply negotiating a deal. Now, it can vary a little bit between states. Some states are community property states. Some states are equitable division states. But what the courts are still looking for is an equitable resolution to the dissolution of the family corporation. And guess what? When you get through this process, and I mentioned I'm a coach, so I throw in a lot of coachisms when I advise people. Number one, this too shall pass. Better days are ahead. If you live even one more week, you shouldn't live in misery. It takes courage to change your life. Spring has followed winter like it has for the 10, that last 10,000 years, so too shall this time in your life. There was a bright light in you before you got married. It's still there. All you got to do is dust it off and find it. So guess what? When you walk, get through this process and you negotiate a deal, by the way, there's a 95% chance you will negotiate a deal without a judge deciding it. Only about 5% of cases are decided by judges. I think it's even less. Get, I think it might be 3% now. That It's like, yeah. yeah, and it's important for you to know that, folks, because a lot of times when you talk about going into litigation, you have an idea that you're going to appear before a judge and that they're going to make that call. But more than 95% of those cases are actually settled out of court by the two attorneys, which is a good thing, by the way. You don't want somebody else telling you how to live. Absolutely. Either the two attorneys or you and your spouse. And that'll be one of my next isms that comes up. But when you get through this, when you negotiate this deal, guess what? You're going to be the president, the CEO, and the trustee of the Bank of YOU. <laughs> and I would submit the Bank of YOU regards, uh, deserves some tender care and feeding from time to time. You don't have to be an expert in finance or mortgage lending or credit repair or real uh, real estate or any of those things. I believe you just need people who can share and communicate with you things in a digestible way so you can make educated decisions. Number two, So number one, you're a 50% partner, both for assets and liabilities. Also, the question is deciding, uh, you know, what might be separate property, but everything you acquired during the course of your marriage as a couple, you're entitled to have. Where's the ism? No. The ism? Yeah. The, the ism is, yeah, you're a 50% partner in the marital enterprise, number one. Number two, number two, everything is negotiable. Everything in the divorce process is negotiable. The date of separation is negotiable. The amount of child support given is ne negotiable. The amount of spouse support given is negotiable. Whether it's going to be given over a period of time or bought out in a lump sum, 
All assets are negotiable. You can argue for or relinquish an asset that you're entitled for. And I believe many people make a mistake of emotional mistake of wanting to, hey, I just want to get away. And they relinquish things that may have significant impact on their life afterwards. So everything is negotiable, number two. Number three, two parties can agree on whatever the hell they want to agree on, absent a judge, an attorney, or an advisor like myself, as long as one of them isn't cuckoo. Now, I submit that one party might say the other party is cuckoo, but they have to be diagnosed as such. Number four, asset division and divorce is essentially final. You can't go back and renegotiate it unless you can prove fraud, which is timely and costly, which leads me to number five. If asset division and divorce is essentially final, you got one chance to get it right. You got to get it right. So those are my five isms. I'm happy to answer any questions if you want to expand on any of those. And I have I have much more, but those are five general things that people should know. And any people ask me, oh, well, uh, you know, my soon-to-be ex has a retirement account. He says he's not giving me any of that. Am I entitled to any of that? Any of that? Number one, you're a 50% partner. So there may be some calculation that has to be done on what your marital entitlement is, because if he had his pension or he has a 401k retirement account before you were married. You're not entitled to the percentage uh, uh, of that piece of that asset. All right, I got it. So let's start from the fifth ism, which really defines the other four. And the fifth is you got one chance to get it right. And what that means is once those papers are signed, before the ink even dries, once the judge puts his signature on there or his stamp or whatever, it's a done deal. And what you negotiated is what you negotiated. And so as a financial advisor, how do you help people stay focused in the beginning point so they can get the right the right final agreement that they're looking for? Hmm. That's a great question. And I like the way you framed that. Number five is, uh, you know, sets up the first four. So, um, well, what we do is, you know, we're going to take in all the data. Okay. So I work with an organization. We're comprised of financial professionals that handle every aspect of marital asset division, CDFAs, analysts, mediators. I'm also trained as a, as a mediator forensic accountants, business valuation people, everything that you need. Um, listen, people don't know what they're doing, particularly if it's their first divorce. They have no idea how the process goes. Well, let's be and honest, most mentally, people, most people don't know tax. anything about their finances. Yeah, well, that, that's fact, true the, too. The, the studies yeah. show that 76% of all people in marriages think that they know their full finances, but the reality is that one person knows the household finances, the other person knows the long-term assets, and neither really know the details of each other's areas of management or expertise. So in real life, people don't actually know much about the, the full effect of their finances. So how, how do you help okay. them with that? So what we're going to do is we're going to take in all the information and value everything properly. And unlike attorneys who aren't trained uh, to advise people on the impact of dividing things, 
uh, we're going to line the and also don't communicate in a way that's easy for the people to understand. So they have their own paragraphing, they have their own no nomenclature, they have all their own structure that it's hard for you to extrapolate that data out of there. They speak so legalese. They legalese, exactly. I could have said it much more simply. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to take all the data, we're going to value all the data properly, and then we're going to line it up A to Z. And mm -hmm. we're going to be able to explain every asset uh, or every liability in an easily digestible way. So the first thing we're going to do is, you know, uh, advise people, this is a business decision. You are negotiating a deal and uh, we are looking for an equitable resolution. So and this has impact on your life. So it's going to help you if you understand it more, can, can provide clear directives to your attorney and understand what my life looks like on the day of settlement, five years after the settlement, 10 years after. We're going to take in all the data including all the assets, that is real estate, investable accounts, invest, uh, investment accounts, uh, retirement accounts, cash on hand, pensions. We're gonna take in information about both parties' earnings. We're gonna take in and identify uh, what it's gonna cost that person to live in their new financial normal. We're gonna consider what are the social security benefits. We're gonna consider spousal support and child support. How long is it gonna be given or how long is it gonna be received? And with that information, we're gonna construct an income analysis. So but actually, before we do the income analysis, we're gonna construct division scenarios. People say, I wanna stay in the house. Maybe they can't afford to stay in the house. Maybe it's not in their best interest to stay in the house. Or people might say, there's ghosts in that house. I want to get out of that house and I want to move to Phoenix. I want to start my new life. So we're going to look at division scenarios, going to examine those different things, move things from one side of the ledger to the other so that it's equitable. It's never 50-50. It's usually 47-50, you know, 53 or 48-52, something like that. Why? Because the party who may be getting the less percentage understands how they're going to make sense of it in their new financial normal after we calculate the income analysis. By the way, one key thing that people miss a lot, if we have to divide accounts, retirement accounts, you have to use something called nomenclature quadro, a qualified domestic relations order. Some people decide to equalize things. We're going to move retirement accounts or pieces of them from one side you know, to the other. They agree to it, but they have not produced a quadro, which is an order written to the plan administrator of that retirement account that allows them to carve out money to the person who didn't earn it in the plan. So they make an agreement. They haven't you know, submitted the quadro to the plan administrator for pre-approval. And then three months, six months, three years later, they're trying to make that division. I submit that they should have it done before they sign the judgment. They should have the quadro going and know that the plan administrator will accept it, will carve out those funds so they know they can get their money. They're not waiting on it. Got it. So there, there's a lot. It's not simple. Basically, I'm going to hold your hand. Take my hand. And I'm going to hold you through the whole, uh, take you through the whole process. What if you have uh, two people who are getting divorced and one person's been the primary wage earner, we're going to call them, and the other person's been managing the household and the person who's managing the household 
just they they maybe they understand that everything's negotiable maybe they understand that they were a partner but they just don't feel like they're entitled to uh 50% of the marital assets how do you work with someone who's having that feeling particularly if it's if it's going to hurt their time with the children for them to hold that point of view that's another excellent question well, one of the things that I want to do is help people not make emotional decisions that are going to have negative impact on their lives. I'm, I'm not trying to get them to fight for every single dime, but I am uh, asking. In fact, we don't want them to do that because we don't want to spend more money arguing for something than what it's worth paying attorneys or advisors. So, you know, I try and, you know, hey, let's take a, you know, it's okay. Listen, you know, it's okay if you decide to do that as long as you know. And right now, you don't really know you're not coming from an edu a position of, of being educated, of being informed. I would say that the chief executive officer of the home enterprise is just as important as the person who went out and, and ran the business or was a high-powered attorney or was a big-time realtor. Just as important. In fact, that work allows the other person to, to, uh, uh, to succeed in what they're trying to do in their endeavors. So um, it's fine if you do that, but I just say in all things, when it comes to uh, you know making decisions about your divorce, make an informed decision and make a decision where you understand the impact on your life. Don't make an emotional decision. Yeah, it sounds like there's first, a lot to understand about your actual financial situation. Second, a lot to understand about your contribution to that, whatever it may be. And it sounds like the third part is having real clarity about where you want to go at the end of the journey. The end of the Absolutely. journey really being the beginning of your new life. Yeah. Getting your mojo back. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it with amazing accuracy. If it, and that's you know, true. If, I've had that experience. <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, Rich, any road can lead you there. And and so, uh, look, I would say most most men are mama's boys. You're gonna tell my dad was a colonel in the army. My mom ran the house. Okay, so how is that any less important when it comes to the marital enterprise than you know my dad, who was the colonel, who walked out the door? So um, I just think sense. it's, yeah, I just think it's just real important just to come from a position of being informed. And, and uh, I can't stress enough again about the importance of working with someone to help on the emotional aspect. Self-care is the biggest thing in all of this. Yeah, something we emphasize with all of our clients, uh, you know, our, our, a lot of times what we come up against with our clients is they don't have time to take care of themselves because they've got kids. They don't have time to take care of themselves because they need to show up at work and uh, I'm with you hundred percent. You know, if you don't take the time to charge your own battery hundred percent, you can't show up for the kids hundred percent. You can't show up for work hundred percent. You can't show up. If you're not showing up for yourself hundred percent. You can't show up anywhere else hundred percent. So it may sound selfish, but it's actually the most generous thing you can do for your family, for your work, for your community you know, is to make sure that you are in prime operating condition. If you own a car, would you drive around on four flat tires? Heck, well, you might. Maybe that's part of the problem. But you, you know, you don't want to. If when you drive a car, you want to make sure that it's fully functional. You want to make sure that it's getting the best mileage possible. You want to make sure that the risk 
of driving that car is minimal and it's the same with ourselves. Uh, hey, this has been really awesome. And I think that you have so much to offer people. How can people find you, Glenn? Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our time and I, I, we can talk, uh, you know, a lot more on many subjects. I really enjoy you, uh, Rich, but I'm Glenn Crawford, uh, G double N Glenn. Uh, I am here in Southern California, but I practice all over the country. I'm not restricted, you know, by states, you know, by working as a, as a CDFA or, or an advisor. Um, or as a coach. I can be re- yeah. I, and yeah. Financial I, health I, coach. I actually go by, uh, you know, Coach uh, Coach Glenn, the Crawford uh, coach approach, and I'm a fiscal fitness coach. Yeah. Uh, but they can reach me at uh, uh, Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at strategicdivorceplanning.com. That's a long email. And, and my phone number is 818-486-5053. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube under the Crawford Coach Approach. Uh, that's not always about, about divorce or always about finance. I've been the coach, the captain, and the leader since the playground. So I like to share some things that I hope will help people that I've learned having been around the sun 67 times. Well, and the fact is that just like we need to take care of our bodies by eating right and exercising and getting enough sleep and take care of our minds by challenging it and reading things and take care of our spirits by you know, being connected and having practices in our life that help us stay connected to whatever the greater good is for us, the, the wider community, just like we need those things in our life. Our family, in order to function properly, needs to have a, have a vision and a goal and an understanding of how money influences that. And, you know, as we mentioned earlier, so many, so few people or so many people don't have the full picture of how their finances work when they're going into divorce. You know, the one goal certainly is to understand your finances and continue to understand them. And it's people like Glenn Crawford who are going to help you to understand, hey, why don't I have more money coming in than I have going out? And once I have more money coming in than I have going out, what can I do with it to have financial freedom in my future to make sure that my kids have the opportunity to go to the best college possible or whatever their dream is. You know, it's it, without educated financial advisors who understand how to increase our wealth, how to manage our wealth, or just simply to teach us how to make sure that, you know, just like our bodies, we're, we're, we're not, uh, burning it faster than we're bringing it in. Well, like with our bodies, we want to burn it faster than we bring it in. But with our finances, we don't. You know, without people like Glenn, we're a lot less likely to be successful. Glenn, the last question that I ask everyone on the show is, what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? That's another great question. Well, as I mentioned, I've been the captain, the coach, the leader since the playground. I've lived all over the country. I've lived around all kinds of people. Uh, you know, I believe in love over hate. You know, I believe in light over dark. I believe how you treat anyone is how you treat everyone. I believe we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. So my hope is that I've left a legacy. And one of the reasons I do, you know, the videos as well, where I'm able to touch people in a positive way to help bring us together rather than, than, than apart. And I'd leave you with one of uh, uh, one of the uh, 
uh, mantras that I have said for many years. I said it when I went through my divorce. I want to share it with the people that are out there that may be thinking about going through divorce or going through divorce or having any struggle in their life. And the mantra is very simple. I get inspiration from everywhere, with it, but this one uh, came from superhero Luke Cage, and his mentor told him, always forward, forward always. Forward always, always forward, always forward, forward always. Forward always, always forward. Very simple mantra, one step after the other. So I hope with that little nugget, you know, that I help someone out there. You know, uh, what, I you, love, you know what I love about that mantra is um, the unconscious mind does not delineate do and don't, right? So if I say, mm -hmm. don't think about a big red dog, what do you do? You think about a big red dog. Right. So yeah. if you say <clears throat> not backward, all the unconscious mind hears is backward. Uh, yeah. But when you say forward, always forward, yeah. forward, always, yeah. all the unconscious yeah. mind hears forward, 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 yeah. forward. And the unconscious mind drives the machine. I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you Thank so you. much for your time. Great to speak with you. And I hope we get to do this again soon. I look forward to it. I had tremendous fun, big fun. Thank you, Rich, and for the work that you do as well.